Uh, may I just open us in a word of prayer? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you have made. We thank you for the plan that you have for us today. A plan to give us a future and a hope. A plan to speak into our lives as we come into this conference this day. Father, may our spirits be submissive to you. May our hearts be receptive. And Lord, even as we go and come to the end of the day, may you have spoken to us and changed us, inspired us and instructed us that we may walk in your righteousness, that we may serve you with excellence, Lord, that we may be inspired for the next chapter of our lives that you're calling us to. Father, I pray as we engage in this session and talk about the poor and the vulnerable children, the Lord, our spirits will be uh, connected with your cause. And Lord, in one voice, we will arise uh, to serve your kingdom. We ask that you speak to us. Lord, I pray that you, you cause me to connect with yourself. And what I do and say, Lord, may it be in accordance to your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, welcome to Global Missions Health Conference uh, 2013. Uh, this being the first day of four sessions. We're just really excited that we get to be a part of this great, great work that God is doing. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the work of Life in Abundance and who we are. Uh, maybe just by a show of hands. If Okay, so majority of the people are new to this work. By introduction, my name is uh, Florence Moindi. Uh, I serve um, as a chief executive with Life in Abundance. And Life in Abundance has work in uh, eight countries in Africa. And we're also working in the Caribbean and in Haiti. Uh, our work revolves around the poor. We are called to serve the poor and the vulnerable that they may have life and have it in abundance. I just wanted to take a moment to introduce James. James is on the senior leadership team. <laughs> and we came from Nairobi, uh, where we are headquartered, and I'm just excited to be part of what God is doing here. Um, we also came with another colleague, Dr. Steve, and he and Victor are presenting in another um, breakout session right now, so uh, they're not here, but I'm sure you come across them. This is just to say any questions you may have arising from this session, any of us can be approached throughout. Uh, feel free to talk to us. We are excited to connect with you. We also have friends at Southeast Christian Church. Southeast has been partnering with us for close to 18 years now. Uh, they've worked with us, implemented the work with us, just really key partners from Ethiopia, Kenya, uh, all the other countries where we serve. So many of the Southeast members have been and visited our work in Africa. So they can also tell you a bit more about what we do and how you can connect with that. Um, I'm honored to just uh, present and be a voice of, uh, of the work that we do. And it's always very humbling for me, uh, no matter how often we can do this. I will never take it for granted that God invites us to speak into people's lives and inspire you in the call that he has laid in your life. So even as I speak today, I'm just 
honored to be a part of what God is speaking to you and into your life and into the call that he's formulating or has formulated and you're serving him in in the areas that he has called you. And I just want to declare to him be the glory. That if there be anything that is worthy of praise, may he receive the glory because it's him who has done what he is showing us. Our topic today is serving orphans and vulnerable children with dignity. And uh, the background uh, to that statement, uh, which was printed in your, in your uh, booklets, it says, among the poor and the vulnerable, uh, children are the most vulnerable and needy. And that statement just stands. As we go into communities, um, as we go into the slums and into the very vulnerable areas, um, we see adults, we see women, and we see other groups that are really vulnerable and affected by poverty. But children, by far, remain the ones that are most affected by the situations they find themselves in. This is because of several factors. Uh, being young, being in their formative years, being more vulnerable in reference to diseases and how often they get sick, and also being vulnerable in needing to be fed, to be cared for, um, being dependent. They really are the, the most affected in areas where there's poverty or there are adverse situations. And uh, several responses have been implemented to serve the orphans and the vulnerable in these areas. And this includes adoptions, um, be it local adoptions or international adoptions. There has been orphanages that have been put in place to respond to the needs of the children in these circumstances. Child sponsorship has been another common one. Um, and a good example that I can think of is the one that is implemented by Compassion International, where children who are in these vulnerable situations are identifi identified um, put on a, sp a sponsorship program and uh, the organization works with them for a period to ensure that they get to be supported through that uh, vulnerability and come through with education, with the basic needs met and with their development taken care of. And uh, various children focused programs have also come up. Um, I'm thinking of several organizations that work with children to enable them to be self-sustained in these communities where they find themselves. So there has been responses, and these responses are ongoing, and we come alongside that, those responses in this so much felt need. And our session objective this morning, uh, we will briefly just review some of these interventions. Uh, we will share some of the lessons that we have learned, and we will highlight an example that has demonstrated a local response so I will invite you to come with me to the streets of Ethiopia, to a slum that is known as Makato, and to walk with me at looking at what we are doing there and just viewing the, the vulnerability of the children on the streets and uh, just engage in the interventions that are happening and how that is developing and answering to some key principles that we consider as basic in the response to the work of orphans and vulnerable children. Life in Abundance as an organization was founded on John 
10.10. And it talks about what Satan meant to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Uh, us coming alongside that, that there may be life, and that there may be life in its abundance. And in our recent newsletter, which you may be able to see if you stop by our booth, our Life in Abundance booth, our focus was on orphans and vulnerable children. And we have shared some of the stories um, of the children that we serve with in here. We've talked about our strategies and some of the principles. So I just recommend if you would like more on what we are talking about, just stop by our booth and uh, pick a copy of our Beyond Relief magazine. And... um, I wanted to share just briefly my story, and uh, it's, it's detailed in this, so I just uh, very briefly just share it. I, was, I, I just came head on with this problem that I'm talking about today in the streets of Addis Ababa. Um, of course, I had seen orphaned and vulnerable children before. I grew up in Nairobi. I had seen them on the streets. I had seen... Um, what it means to have these children running from one street corner to another street corner, running away from police and uh, the police threatening to arrest them. So I was familiar with uh, orphans and vulnerable children. But for me, I thought they were, they were troublemakers. Um, they were just children that I needed to move away from almost just ignoring them and moving on with the right children, thinking they were just the wrong children. But when we went to Ethiopia, we went there as missionaries to serve among the vulnerable there. And one morning I just came head on with a group of children in a street corner that were just going through trash and picking what they could find in trash. It being a very early morning, it was cold, it was raining, um, misty, and this very early morning for me to just see children the same age as my children going through trash in a desperate way to try and find something to eat spoke to me in a new way. That these were just not children who were disobedient, who had run away, who were troublemakers, but they were desperate children. And they were real. Their needs were real. And, and God just broke my heart uh, from that experience. And I realized something needed to be done. And something needed to be done by me. And I needed to do a work with them that would not only glorify God, but would not put me in the center. A work that would point to the work of the church and elevate what God uh, brings about. And as I began to struggle and to think of what can that look like, what can that response look like that there may be an impact with these children, one that is sustainable and one that glorifies God, I realized that um, it was not going to be easy because if I were to bring them to my home, at least the ones that I had seen, that would not be enough because more would still end up in the same area. Or if I were to do an orphanage and um, invite them, even that would still not be enough because we were talking about thousands of children that were in the streets of Addis Ababa. And as I began to just go over these things, I was asking myself, why is there a continuing increase? Because the more I looked at the situation, the more I realized it wasn't just getting less, 
but more and more children were pouring in the streets and the destitute nature of the situations that were, they were finding themselves in were becoming worse um, almost by the month. And um, as I looked deeper, I was just analyzing what are the possible causes of this increase? Uh, what could be bringing about uh, this increased number. And I realized there was a change in life. Um, there was a breaking of social and uh, community fabrics that were happening. Uh, there was urbanization and there was increased uh, mobility. There was low social accountability as people moved into town and left the villages and came to settle in the city. And poverty was on the increase because jobs were scarce and the hopes that people had in that they would find jobs in the cities were on the decrease. And then there, were, there was crime, there was substance abuse, and many, many of the children were getting involved in um, taking drugs, um, just illicit uh, drug use on the streets. Again, there was high fertility rate, and more and more children were being born, especially in, the, in those countries where we were serving. And there was lack of alternative care. That is, they moved from the communities and they moved into the towns. They did not find that social support that would enable them to be brought up. The Bible talks very clearly about what our responsibility should be in relation to orphans and vulnerable children. Um, Without repeating too much of what you already know, it talks about pure religion. Um, Being taken care of orphans and vulnerable children. And this being something that we cannot just... Uh, glance over or avoid, but we are called to. It also talks about the early church and the priority ministry that the church set aside, that they would work with orphans, they would work with widows, and they would take care of their needs. And the call to us to that attention, that it is something that's central to our work with the Lord. And in Exodus 22, it tells us not to take advantage of the, the orphans. And uh, the promise is that they are protected by God. God watches over the vulnerable. God watches over the weak, including the orphans and the street children that we see. <coughs> if I may just talk about a few facts that are real in these areas where we serve, um, 95% Um, of uh, the AIDS orphans in the orphanages have access to relatives. And that, to me, came as a surprise, that they do not just happen to be... um, to be in the streets or they do not happen to be in the orphanages without a connection, but they do have relatives and these relatives can be sought and they can be connected to them and there can be a different way of support other than them just being in an institution. I also learned that orphans may not be the most vulnerable children um, because there are more vulnerable children that are being taken care of by abusive parents or by parents that are single, or parents that are involved in drug use. And there are vulnerable children in the communities where we serve that may not just be orphans. And so just taking the orphans and leaving out that bigger number of vulnerable children does not completely address that need. Um, Estimates done in 12 African countries showed that 15% of the children under 15 years of age are orphans. 
And that just talks about the magnitude of the number of children that we are talking about. And 74% of AIDS-related orphans are cared for by relatives, and therefore the need to look at the people who are caring for these orphans and ask ourselves, how can we empower them to absorb more, to stand more firm, and to provide the care that would otherwise be provided by others. So at a glance... um, 170 million vulnerable children in the world have lost at least one parent. And half of the world's orphans who have lost both parents are falling in the ages of 12 and 17. So just talking about um, this 50% who are above 12 but are not beyond 17, so they're still needing that care and support. And this forms the majority of children that we would find on the streets. And this forms the majority of girls who would go to the streets and begin to be involved in prostitution and being taken advantage of. Um, As I thought and reflected on these um, details and this reality, I was asking myself, what is that response going to look like that is going to address this reality? Uh, When Life in Abundance goes into a community, we identify the local churches that are positioned in these um, vulnerable areas. An example would be going into the slum that I'm going to just uh, project uh, shortly here. We identify churches in there and we bring them together and share the vision of the Great Commission. Uh, We share with them just what I I talked about, the Bible verses, and the need for the local church to be concerned about the orphans and the vulnerable children in their community. And usually their response would be, how can we do this? Uh, We are already overwhelmed because they are poor themselves, because they are located in the same communities. How can we do this without the know-how? We are not trained in social work. How can we be involved in rehabilitation of these children if we are not equipped? And Life in Abundance comes alongside these churches to equip them. And we commit to them for a three-year period that we will work with you to help you establish a viable orphan and vulnerable children program that the church is responsible for and the church will be able to implement in such a way that it will be sustainable and it will be at your level that you can connect with your own children in a way that is within your context and in a way that they can understand and it can be emulated by other churches that it can be passed on. After the time of envisioning, we go into a time of training. Uh, We train them in the skills to just be able to do exactly what we want them to do and what we are requiring of them, uh, the social support, the counseling. We equip them in ways of resettling them. We equip them in ways that they can be used by God to break chains of bondage, to uh, break habits. And we equip them as to how they will eventually uh, release these children to become responsible adults with life skills and ability to cope in their communities. After that time of training, we set up a steering committee And this is the committee that actually goes out into the streets to identify these children. It's the same committee that goes from home to home in the slums, identifying the vulnerable children that may not be orphans. And it's the same committee that continually mobilizes and puts systems of support in place that the children that are brought into the program um, 
will be held accountable, but also that they will be continually supported in ways that they get in, income themselves, uh, looked after, and eventually are graduated and are able to settle in communities. Um, after we've done all that and the system is in place, we begin to bring together the children. And a total of about 250 children are recruited. Um, the churches begin to work together as a fellowship to reach out to these children. Uh, they walk with them for the three years that we are with them. And at the end of that, they come together to graduate them. And it's usually such a joy. Uh, we settle them in peer houses, uh, some of the 12 to 17-year-olds. We settle them into peer houses. We help them to generate income, be it shoe polishing, um, be it just being involved in carpentry or a work that would generate income. And they live together, they learn to live together as family. And many of them go back to schools and begin to develop their lives again, um, having been rehabilitated through the local church. For us, the win here is God is glorified, that the message is clear throughout the program, that they are doing this because they want to see the fullness of God in these children that are made in the image of God, to be transformed and to be rehabilitated, to live lives that are uh, worthy of uh, who they are as people. And again, the church remains the center, that the children will come to the church and see that as the agent of change, see that as the, the center of their transformation and the future that goes forward, that they will always refer to the church as the agent that gave them life, and that life in abundance. So come with me to Ethiopia, and uh, come with me to the program that we, we did some years back in Makato, and just hear the voices of the children, um, see the vulnerability in the streets, and some of the responses that uh, happen. And uh, let's just listen as God speaks to us as to what can we do with this increasing number of children uh, in the areas where we are serving.
ስጥ የሚጠይቀው ነገር ካላገኘ ደግሞ በቀነሱን ካልቻለው እነሱ ሁሉ የሚጨናነቁት ከሆነ ከነሱ የሚጠቀመው ነገር ሁሉ ጎደሎ ከሆነ እንዴት አልቆ ቤት ውስጥ ይቀመጣል
cuddle would be the deep end for us um, because it's just overwhelming. Uh, so many of them and with, with such few resources to work with. And we went in there driven by uh, or wanting to pilot something in there and see can it work so that other organizations can emulate. And that's why we went to Macaro because we felt it's if it can work in Macaro, then it can work anywhere else. Sheet. 
and uh, cover the house rent. They live together and cooked their meal together. They are uh, uh, practicing how to live and how to share.
when I taught about this ministry, this uh, verse, especially Matthew 25, uh, it is very encouraging to me, uh, especially uh, doing the practical thing rather than talking. Uh, in, addition to, yeah, in addition to that, and, uh, and James, through worship and assisting the widows, homeless, and disadvantaged uh, people. Teresa, uh, just being um, African and having grown in, in an area that is affected by poverty and in, involved with the church, and having begun to lead and be a model in that area, uh, he just rises as one of the, the examples uh, of leaders that we are developing. <laughs>
we have graduated about 250 orphaned and vulnerable children from that very program. <coughs> and uh, to date, uh, over the number of programs that we've been involved, it's been more than 4,000 children that we know and have identified who have come through this rehabilitation program and have gone into churches and have been involved in meaningful ways uh, of their lives. And uh, currently we have 1,725 children who are involved in ongoing projects. And uh, we look forward to just see what God will do as we continue to engage the local church in this uh, transformative process of uh, looking at orphans and vulnerable children. Um, so just as I close, there are traditional methods that are involved in dealing with the orphans and uh, vulnerable children in the communities, um, and we've talked about some of the sponsorship programs, but there is an unmet need, and it's our responsibility to look at ways that can be uh, employed um, to innovatively work with the children that are still waiting uh, to this day. And I pray that uh, as we engage families and engage them with that sustainability factor uh, in place in these innovative strategies, that that preventive factor can be employed that prevents children from ending up in the street uh, because it's better to prevent than to try to rehabilitate them having learned all the things that they do learn when they are on the street. Um, I believe the church is a great factor. I believe the church is a great resource uh, that God has put in place, and there's hope. Uh, it's a great hope factor that these children can be helped through the local churches. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for offering this